face them, I don't know. It takes a little more than what you show, and that's yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. The Bobby Finn Knows Everyone podcast is sponsored by Unreal, and that's U-N-R-L, Unreal. You've seen that clothing brand around the Twin Cities. You've probably seen it around the world at this point because they're an awesome, really cool clothing brand. They're not VC-backed. No, that's not it. They are an independent clothing brand who was started by an entrepreneur with 300 bucks in a dream. And they make clothing that's centered around the athlete. So from big guys to short guys, super athletic guys to guys like me who are uh, weekend warriors, it is a great clothing brand. And check out unrl.co and you will get a 15% off your next order if you enter Pull tab 15, just go to unrl.co, not .com, .co, and you'll get 15% off your next order when you enter pull tab 15. We're also sponsored by Jimmy's Salad Dressings and Dips. It is slaw season. That means if you're out having a picnic, you're out grilling, you want to get that Jimmy's coleslaw because they've got three types of coleslaw sauces. Original pineapple and fat-free because... It is incredible slaw, and you can put it on your plate next to your hot burger, next to your hot beans, and it's got that awesome balance. So find Jimmy's Coleslaw at Cover High V. Check out their website at jimmystressing.com too if you want, or you just go to Cover High V. I take a right. It's right there in the cold section. That's how you know it's good stuff. It's not in the you know the warm section. It's got to be chilled. It's got to be cooled down. And they're local. I know everybody's looking for good local brands. Jimmy's is just that. So like Bobby always says. Jimmy's salad dressings and dips. Don't you be messing with the dressing. And that was my co-host, Tommy Lord. And we want to welcome to Bobby Finn Knows Everyone, a Pultab Sports production. I am Bobby Finn, born and bred on St. Paul's East Side, where it was all about looking out for each other, blue-collared hard work, and telling it like it is. No BS. Sometimes your reputation got you in a little trouble, but other times it helped you out. As usual... I'm going to strike this one out because I'm reading. <laughs> uh, but hey, today with us, Bobby Finn knows everyone, is our special guest, Tom Mir from MUFON. How are you, Tom? I'm doing quite well, thank you. So I've seen you on all sorts of shows. I think you're on KSTP, you've been on podcasts, you've been, you're the real deal. So listen up, everybody. How'd you get into this? Are you like, did you, have you seen something? Are you just passionate about it? Are you, well, how does it start? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm 54 years old, believe it or not, but through the course of my life, you see lots of stuff. You see lots of stuff that you got a question you can't explain, you're not sure about. And I have seen lots of stuff where I'm not really sure, and could this be something, could it not be something? But I've only had two instances where I'm like, really, okay, that I can't write that off and explain. And one of them was, was when I was preschool age. So um, that obviously preschool, it's very young. And at the time, this is, you know, the early 70s. And what is our media full of? Our media is full of um, the Jetsons and the Flintstones with the Great Gazoo. And there's there's uh, the far out space nuts and there's Lost in Space and there's Star Trek. So there's, there's all this imagery and messages about extraterrestrials and off-planet life and things like that already in the culture. So it's something we're already kind of born into. So um, I always kind of had an interest and it just seemed natural because as far as I can remember, that was always images in pop culture. Um so I got into grade school. I started reading books. And I was kind of curious about it. And it kind of followed through a, through a, a junior high and high school. High schools where I had my second event where I really couldn't explain it. And um, and then I just kind of followed along from that. And it was in my early 20s, uh, I think, is when I first realized. Because I'd heard of MUFON, read about it in the books and things. But uh, found out there was a MUFON chapter in Minnesota. And it was I was like watching late night public access take cable. And there's like a UFO show on it. Like, <laughs> Because I got back from the bar. Like, How oh, was man. that? It was, was that like, really weird? Was it nerdy or it, what was it, it like? Was, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yeah, I was watching, really interested. Well, there's a MUFON chapter. I was watching the credits roll by and like the copier was like two or three years old. And oh, they're probably not active anymore. So I kind of blew it off a few, four or five years later. Again, late night, watch. Oh, there's another UFO show on public. Watch it again. Oh, it's now the copyright's only a couple years old. So they were around. So this kind of happened. Or I kept kind of seeing this stuff. And I went, you know, I'm going to look up and see if there's a chapter that's actually still alive and still exists. And sure, like the eight, late 90s i did that and it's still there so okay now i know they're around cool 
and I'm not going to go because the last thing I want to do is be stuck in a room full of, let's say together, UFO <laughs> nuts. nuts. Don't want that. Don't want, we don't want to be associated with that. So I didn't really go to for a while and then find that kind of, you know what? I've got this curiosity. I want to know what they're about. I'm just going to go to a meeting, check one out. If there's tinfoil hats everywhere and things are off the wall, I can just <laughs> leave and hats. never come back, you know, and, and or in, and I wouldn't, it wasn't that bad. And people were pretty normal and things were interesting and stuff. And they had a scientific approach, which MUFON is all about the scientific process of investigating UFOs. And after a couple of years in attending the meetings, I, uh, um, I did become a member. And then after a while I decided, you know, I'd like to be a little more involved. So I, I became a field investigator. So it's a process to become a field oh, investigator. Field investigator. Yeah, I like it. Once you're once I was a field investigator, we had, a, uh, one of our chapter directors was like going to step down. He's like, hey, well, you, you, you need to be the chapter director at the state time. At that time they're called state directors. Now they're chapter directors. So I became the state director at that time and I've been the state director ever since. So it's, uh, been a wild and crazy up the ranks. I want to go there. back to your second second episode my second episode because okay. i think the way you said it you were a teenager yep, yep and i was it were you with somebody and it blew your mind i was that's funny <laughs> well, what are we it? talking about here bobby hey <laughs> everybody in euphoria your brain goes a little crazy when you first have it did you, did you I, get I it on with, with an alien let's go no, i did not get it on with an alien so i uh, i was with a group of people and one of the interesting things was we all had very different reactions to what was happening i was very curious i wanted to make contact one guy freaked out and went straight to the tent and see you guys in the morning going to bed and some of the other guys just kind of sat around and hung out and um i was like i grabbed my oh let me tell you the story because this one guy was really upset that I was really curious about it. So, no mushrooms involved. No what? No mushrooms. mushrooms. Not that I'm Piece aware of. of unless, unless they snuck it in. I mean, <laughs> as far as I know, there's no mushrooms involved. So, uh, one of our high school teachers, where uh, one of our teachers was a very cool guy, and he had we, we had heard him tell stories about he would do these canoe trips down the St. Croix River. And so one year we went down a, a very short trip, like a three day trip down the St. Croix River, and it was like a handful of guys, and it was a lot of fun. So, and, and there was this one island toward the end of the trip. We spent the night on the island, very cool island in the St. Croix River. So we were I'm not sure if we were in Wisconsin or Minnesota soda technically because we're on an island in the river and the river is the border so um come the next year we wanted to do a bigger trip it was about a week long trip we want to start further up north near uh, near superior and come all the way down again the last night same island so we went to the same island again to camp out nice big island and uh we uh did the campfire we're all sitting around so we're sitting in a circle and i'm kind of sitting i guess facing south so i've got wisconsin on my left and minnesota on my right and i'm not sure what state we're technically in and we're just sitting there talking as the sun's gone down you know and i'm kind of glance off to my left so to the wisconsin side and way off in the distance i see i see a street light there I'm like, oh, okay street light nothing but no big deal and because of it's near the river we weren't allowed to no one's allowed to build so close to the river because it's like protected land so i thought no street light off in the distance i've seen street lights nothing really to to you know make note of and we kept talking and chatting and just kind of bsing and stuff and roasted marshmallows and whatnot i look back later now now there's two street lights on oh okay so it's two street lights now surprised they didn't go on at the same time you'd think they would but man it's wisconsin you know how those people are so <laughs> uh, so we're going along and chatting and i look back a little bit later and like now there's three street lights down and i was oh that's gonna and they're they're spaced pretty equally distant apart so that seems reasonable three street lights evenly spaced but kind of going on a strange times and i didn't think much of it and i we're just talking and talking so this this whole thing takes the place over the course of a few hours and i look back again and now there's two street lights the middle street light is has burnt out middle street lights burnt out but the other the two outside ones are still there so oh that's kind of strange that the street light burnt out but hey street lights burn out it happens so we're just kind of sitting there talking and chatting and stuff and i look back and, and now the middle street light is back again and i went okay so the street light burnt out Someone called it in and reported it. They sent someone out and they replaced the street light in the time that we've been. That seems a little strange. And so I'm, so I'm kind of noticing it more now. And then I look back a little bit later and there's four street lights. So now I'm kind of watching them. And so there's two of them are kind of close together. There's one on the center and one on the far side. And then so I'm kind of watching a little more. And then the one on the far side, but then another one rises up out of the trees. So it's at the same level. So now there's five street, li street, street lights in a, in a row kind of just hovering above the trees. So now I'm kind of watching more. And again, now the center one drops down into the trees. I'm going, well, this is interesting. So I'm watching over the course of I don't know how long. The, the, the lights are going down into the trees and coming back up, sometimes together, sometimes individually at different rates. Sometimes they go down and be down for what seemed like a long time. Sometimes they kind of go down and come back up rather quickly. And then at one point, they all just kind of stopped and they all stood. They were just kind of frozen there above the tree line. And then it became very obvious to me that they appeared to be moving in our direction. They were getting bigger and kind of further. So they're like moving our way. And I'm like, 
well, that's a little disconcerting, but kind of interesting. And then they stopped again. Then they started doing the up and down thing again. So I'm not, now I'm really paying attention to it, really kind of watching it. And I don't know how long this had been going on, but finally, because we're sitting in a circle. So basically, half of us are kind of facing it and half of us are facing away from it. And finally, the guy sitting two seats to my right, he finally goes, okay, is it just me or is anybody else watching those lights going up and down the trees? And half of us go, yeah, yeah, you see it too. And so half of us are watching it. No one was saying a thing about yeah. it. So um, one of my friends, this is just not his bag. UFOs, extraterrestrials, aliens, it's not in his paradigm. It's not in his reality. This, it's not... It, it, it's not his deal. So he took a look, saw the lights, said, okay, have a good night, guys. I'll see you in the morning. He got up, went straight to the tent, went right to bed. A couple of the other guys, like, oh, you know, they're just kind of hanging out. They're just kind of watching. And I, I was really excited about it because I'm like, ooh, there's, now we've got craft here and craft probably has occupants and can I make contact with occupants? So I grab my <laughs> flashlight. I go down to the canoes where our canoes are and I start flashing the flashlight on us. <laughs> and the one guy, do, 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 the do. one guy got really, really upset. He came down and he was, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, don't flash them. Don't send your, stop it. Stop it. You know, they're going to come down here. They're going to stick up your button. You're gonna, I'm like, dude, relax. Cause he's afraid of me getting abducted or all of us getting abducted and probed and whatnot. I'm sitting here thinking I could be one of the first humans making contact with extraterrestrials, which wouldn't have been true. But that was my thought was I can make contact and I can communicate with them. So I was really excited about it. It's like maybe they're eradicating Packer fans from the world, like going down, pulling them out, and getting rid of them. <laughs> I one they, by could, one. Uh, they, they did. They, I'm going to give them an F on that. They didn't do such a good job. They <laughs> yeah, come back. It's more than if they're going to start the job. They need to come back and finish the job. So. <laughs> I think I told that story about my uncle and my grandpa, my great uncle. <laughs> yeah. He was an electrician, mm -hmm. and he, my, they were just pranksters, right? Yeah. So I, I grew up on Highway 61, and they would fly a kite, my, he, you know, and he'd have this fine wire go up the mm -hmm. kite. And at night, they would just plug the plug it in. Uh, so cars yeah. kept stopping, thinking there's a UFO right, yeah, right yeah. on Highway 61. But it was they were just idiots having a good time. But well, and, and for MUFON, we get a, probably about I would say about I think it's five to six percent of our cases we determine are hoaxes. So your friend could be on our database could be as one of our hoaxers. So <laughs> oh, you know. that was yes, that was a hoaxer for yeah. sure. So we've got, it got reported. So it may not have gotten reported. Yeah. We've got a lot of great national stories which we can cover. There's also I've heard you talk Tom a lot about good Minnesota stories. Mm -hmm. um, is it, is it, I mean, does MUFON get these stories that do they go directly to you and say, Hey, we've got, you got to cover this or do you guys uncover them or like, and, and has that number, you know, gone way up in the last few years because of cameras and because of phones and all that? Yeah. Yeah. So the way a case, uh, so someone has to have a sighting or see something and then they go to our website and they report a case, report a sighting. Then it goes to headquarters. Headquarters determines what chapter it's going to go to. So obviously they'll go, they go generally by states. So California is actually broken into two different chapters, but states or countries. And then they'll uh, kind of do some stuff like the valet classification, like, you know, close encounter of the third kind or whatever mm -hmm. they think it is. And uh, they'll do some other stuff and then they'll send it to the chapter. And at that point, the chapter, either the chapter director or in our state, most of our chief investigators will assign it to our field investigators and our field investigators will go and investigate the case. Um, and there's an interesting trend because I do a, I, we have public meetings every month at the New Brighton Community Center. And I, I do reports on how many cases have come in in Minnesota and across the country. And for a while across the world, uh, we were trending up really drastically until about, I think, 2015. Then we dropped down quite a bit. And now we're kind of steady around a seven, like seven to 10,000 per year, not in Minnesota, but, but globally. So it was really cute. We're not sure why it was trending really high and then all of a sudden dropped down as very steady. So, uh, but in Minnesota, uh, an average month in Minnesota is about six to eight cases per month. Um, it tends to go down in February, March because people aren't outside. And when it's summer month, we expect it to go up a little bit. And now, as far as most people are familiar with uh, SpaceX and the Starlink satellites, mm -hmm. when those were being yeah. launched, uh, right. our, our cases in Minnesota like base almost tripled. They more than doubled. They were about triple. So in the Starlink, know, yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's like, yeah. what, eight star, eight stars in a row? Eight it could be eight. It could be 20 or more. So, and they just yeah. travel together in a straight yeah, line. And everybody thinks they're seeing My, my living room, I haven't put on that roof yeah Bobby has a starlink yeah yeah and sometimes before they're even a straight line they're in, in clusters they're in big clusters yeah. before they're straight line so okay. they could look like a, almost like a shadow or a cloud or, or like a, a quote-unquote fleet going across but they eventually get in a straight line and then they go out and if you go to a I think it's heavens-above.com. You can actually look and see where all the Starlink satellites are. Or when the, you get a view of the planet and little red dots where all the Starlink satellites are. And they are 
everywhere except for like the arctic circle and the antarctic circle but below those circles there's like red dots everywhere so there's just all kinds of stars because the arctic circle and the antarctic circle are like they're beacons they're beacons they're already inhabited by extraterrestrials yeah it's funny because i was actually looking at that yesterday so there's all those little dots but there's a few spots where it looks like there's little red streaks going across and those red streaks are those lines of starlink satellites being that are still in line that aren't in their position yet so so what are some of your favorite Minnesota cases? And I know there's uh, the one past that's very, um, was it? Over by Marshall. Marshall, Minnesota. Warren, Minnesota. Warren, yeah, but what's, yeah. what's some more current? Well, maybe we talk about that one, but then also I'd love to hear like a more current one that you're like, whoa, that is yeah, that's pretty interesting. interesting. So do you want to hear the Marshall, Minnesota? Because there's another one that I like that's from the 60s. It's called the Long Prairie case. I haven't I heard that one. Yeah. So Long Prairie case, I want to say it's roughly 1962. So it's one important thing about that is too, is 1962. This is before the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out. So there's that's kind of plays into this because um, it actually was, the witness was a uh, radio DJ from, I think, K-Y-D-L in Long Prairie. Um, and he was a, <clears throat> it happened on a, <clears throat> excuse me, like an August night. And uh, he there's a stretch from Long Prairie to I forget what city is. And it's almost basically a straight highway, except there's one spot where there's a little S curve in it. And that's part of the story. So he says he was driving, I think, to Long Prairie. He was coming around the curve. And there is like a rocket sitting in the highway, just sitting in the highway. And the thing is, as, as he was approaching it, his motor died, his radio went off. Which is what happens in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And you think, oh, well, he saw that in the movie. Well, no, this was in the early 60s. The movie didn't exist at that point. So this is not something where they see it in a movie and now they're making it up. This is something where he didn't have that as a reference point. And uh, he was a 19-year-old DJ, too. So he was a young guy. And he was trying to get to the station. And I don't know where he got this idea, but he thought, well, I'm going to get out and I'm going to push that thing off the road so I can drive by. Even though his car had stalled, he wanted to push it off the road <laughs> so he could drive rock off the road. Yeah. And it was like a cylinder with like the three fins, like standing upright, like you like very stereotypical things that you would think you'd see. And he goes and he goes to approach the rocket. And from, I don't know if it was behind one of the fins or how they got out, but he was approached by three. I don't know if you want to call them entities or robots or i they're commonly described as tin can aliens because he said they're they're about the size of a tin can they looked like tin cans and they kind of waddled out on two little legs and they confronted him and put a third leg down so it's like a little tripod and he said there, there was no face and there was no eyes but he said he, he got the sense that they were looking at him and he was looking at them so they did the stare down for he said it seemed like forever but it was probably not that long and then for some reason the little tin cans kind of waddled back and gotten up in the ship and the ship took off again which sounds like just unbelievable. So he he hopped in his car because his car was his car started up again once the craft had left. He went to the radio station, just jacked, and he's like, he got someone to come back. I don't know if we got the police, but he got someone to come back to the spot and look at it. And we're not sure if this is related to it or not, but as they're looking at the scene, there were like three oily strips on the pavement there, about an inch wide. And I don't know if that was related to the craft or if it just was coincidence that it was there. So, and you'd think, okay, so radio DJ, 19 years old, he's probably just full of it. Well, which is, seems reasonable, but we also got reports on that same night. There were um, there was a farmer that reported something circling around his barn, and there were hunters in that area at night too that reported seeing rockets flying through the sky in Minnesota. And there was two police officers from a neighboring county that claimed to see rockets in the sky that night in Minnesota. So it's like the story just sounds unreason unbelievable. But then you've got all this corroborating evidence, and it was actually a. The Minneapolis, what I think at the time was just the Minneapolis Tribune and the St. Paul Pioneer Press both did stories on that. I forget, like, like the next day or within a week. So if you if you look up Tin Can Aliens, Long Prairie, Minnesota, you can probably cool. find it. And if you want to go back to the archives of, I haven't done this, but go back to the archives of the Minneapolis Tribune and, of course, the St. Paul Pioneer Press. You can see the stories that they printed, but I didn't, didn't check out the stories. But, oh, and he actually... Uh, he didn't report it to MUFON because this is like 62. MUFON didn't exist. Sure. But he reported it to, I believe, New Fork, which New Fork is the National UFO Reporting Center. And it's interesting, too, because there's a spot in, in the report for him to, to make sketches of what he drew. So he drew what he saw. So he uses a little sketch of his rocket, which I've got a copy of that. And there's a little sketch of the little tin can alien. I've seen artist rendition of it where they've really fancied up the tin can alien. But uh, I've seen that. And his comments are in there. And he actually... He sounded really, really upset about it. He said, you know, I can't believe that stuff like this exists and you're not telling people. He's like, it's this is like a great crime against humanity that we, that stuff like this is out there and we're not telling anybody about it. So he seemed really 
PO. He was that adamant. He, he was yeah, adamant he that was, he saw something. He, oh yeah, I mean, he, he was. He had his face off with these three tin cans. It's like you know, and I think about that too because he. People had asked me about what do you think the tin cans were? Could the tin cans have been drones? Possibly. Could the tin cans have been artificial life? Possibly. Could there have been living beings with inside the tin cans? Because we have, oh, aliens got to be roughly our size. Well. Maybe, maybe not, you know, so who knows if there were like inside uh, little creatures and they're controlling it, you know, we'll probably never know the answer to that. But wow. I think that's what a really cool story with, with the corroborating evidence from the farmers and the hunters and the, and the police officers, you know, how do you write all that off? You can write off the DJ story, but the stuff surrounding yeah, it. Yeah, you, you had know, a bunch of stories from that, from and, that area. And when he reported it, he didn't know about the farmers. He didn't know about the police officers. He didn't know about the hunters. So, you know. I wonder if that's where Close Encounters of the Third Kind got their story. Regarding, I think uh, it sounds know. like a good Valvoline commercial. Speaking of Valvoline, right. so yes. the other one is Warren, Minnesota. There was a sheriff, Val Johnson, who yeah. was driving down the highway in 1979, I wrote yep, down. That's correct. And he sees a light in the middle of the highway and he stops and that light look kind of basically like looks him down and it, he looks it down and just flies straight through the windshield of his car yeah so that's that's kind of what happened so now val johnson was a was a very dedicated very committed police officer or a sheriff i guess and he he was very into his routine and he knew exactly what he wanted so when he started every shift he took the clock at the headquarters and synchronized his watch to it. So his watch in the headquarters was synchronized. Then he synchronized the clock in his car to the to his watch. So all three clocks are now synchronized. So he was out doing his patrol very close to the North Dakota border. And uh, he, he was going on the highway and there was like an intersection. It looked like down the, the highway on the intersection. He saw a light down there. He said it appeared to be about the size of a volleyball. He thought it was too high off the ground to be a car. He thought maybe a plane had come down or something like that. So he turned to investigate. And I, I don't remember if it was, he was a quarter mile away or a mile and a half away or something like that. But uh, it, was, it was quite a distance away. And then instantly, it was like right on top of him is how he described it. And he remembers hearing glass shattering. And then he doesn't remember anything until he woke up. And, uh, and he had all chipped teeth, I heard, and uh, he, burns on his eyes. Like uh, welders he, burns on his he, eyes. He may have had chipped teeth. I'd have to check. That does sound familiar. But yeah, he had uh, what they described as mild welders burns. Um, his car had skidded off the side of the road. It skidded like I think about 100 feet or 100 years. And it was turned sideways. And when he woke up, you know, so no one knew about it until he woke up. When he woke up, he radioed for help. And the officer arrived on scene and they called for an ambulance. And um, they did find out eventually, they realized that uh, his watch and his uh, car, the clocks were still synced, but they were off by 14 minutes from the clock at headquarters. So there was the, the, there's our missing time, which people, he told, where's the missing time? So where do those 14 minutes or stuff go? So yeah, he uh, uh, he definitely had wow. an interesting experience. And, and it's interesting too, because his squad car had very peculiar damage. So it was like a 1979 Ford LTD or something like that. It was big, big cars. And, and the headlights on the left, there's two bulbs. And on the right, there's two bulbs. Well, the damage in the car was very much in a straight line from the front to the back on the driver's side. So the headlight on the outside of the two was just fine. The headlight just to the inside was shattered. And there was like a line of damage coming up the hood. There was like a dent in the hood. Then we got to the windshield. There's like a big crack coming up the windshield. All, but there's like four different impact points on it. When you get to the top of the car, the antenna, because he had an antenna on the passenger side on the right. And there's an antenna on the top of the car and then an antenna on the hood. And I believe the antenna on the top um, near the base of it, it was bent at, I think, like a, a 60 degree angle. And then the antenna on the on the hood, on the trunk hood, was bent at like a 90 degree angle. So they're, they were bent the same. If you think about it, antennas on cars back then, the base of them, there's that big thick spring on the bottom. So if you hit the antenna, the Sponsor spring back. is going to give before yeah. the antenna bends. But these were like actually bent. So it's like, well, what could create that kind of force to bend the antenna? It's like it was almost physically bent like that. So... Um, and Honeywell and Ford Motor Companies came out to inspect the car and they they examined the uh, the windshield of the car and they couldn't figure out how the damage had occurred because the from from their analysis the best they could determine is those four impact points on the windshield they say the impact came from inside and outside the car simultaneously so how they was getting four impacts like that so just lots of questions about that and that's uh, insane and the, the cool thing is you can go to Warren Minnesota they have a they have a museum set. Right, right. And you can see that actual car that's yeah. still there today yeah. and, and, uh, and all the information. They, they were this close to sending the car in to get repaired so they could put it back in, in uh, use. Yeah. And at the last minute, someone said, hang on a second, wait. 
This might actually be important. Let's let's not fix anything. Let's leave it as it is. So they put it in the museum and they take it out occasionally and it's been it's been photographed. You can get right up close to it and it's been, you know, you can still go see. And it's, it still draws people from around the country to warm Minnesota. It's not like Minneapolis where you can fly into Minneapolis and it's right there. No, you can fly into Minneapolis and drive like five or six hours up north to this tiny little town and go to the museum to see the UFO car. So question, do you think that the military has technology that they're not telling us and it's just like, okay, that's a drone on steroids like that is just new technology that they don't want people to know because they are developing some crazy ass stuff that's going to go deep into space see when you get into the whole ufology and the ufo topic there's there's so many rabbit holes you can go Mm -hmm. down conspiracy theories it's hard to really tell what's what and i mean you can take a single topic you can rabbit hole it just for as long as you want so what does the government have and what doesn't the government have so the way i kind of describe it like this you know everybody's heard the the saying that you know the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing Mm -hmm. well i think a lot of times when it comes to the government the right thumb doesn't know what the right forefinger is doing. I mean, it doesn't matter how close they are. There's still people that, you know, certain people have clearance. Some people don't have clearance. So they're not telling everybody what's going on. Some things are very compartmentalized and there can be people in the government who really believe we've got nothing. And then the guy at the whistleblower or the, yeah, knows a whole lot more. And there's just, so it's really hard to say what the, and it, you know, people will say, look, look at our cell phones. Our cell phones supposedly have more computing technology than, than what they use to, uh, to land on the moon. Or, you know, that was like a room right. full of huge computers. So do you think that happened? Do you think that's why? Do I think what? They landed on the moon or not? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the thing. Cause I, I, I hear so many things and I kind of say, uh, my jury's out on everything. Yeah, but, but as far but as far as landing in the moon, actually, um, uh, MythBusters did a really cool couple episodes on on moon landing on the moon landing conspiracy theory, and they took a whole bunch of theories and they tested it and they did some very very convincing stuff that really uh, leads you to, to believe that there that we did land on the moon. And there's supposedly that disc up there. You can bounce the light off the disc. So there's supposedly it's man-made objects. And <laughs> I don't know if our telescopes can see the stuff now, but yeah, I believe we probably did. But then. Even the moon, there's so many conspiracies about yeah. the moon. It is, is the moon a real object? Is it a natural object? Or is it, is it an artificial object? You know, so. <gasps> Did we put the moon up there? Is that <laughs> well, what you're not, saying? No, that's that's we put the, I don't think we put the moon up there. But the Russians did. Who, no, oh, I don't think the, the, before the, the, the pyramid builders. Well, yeah, and there's, yeah, there's, you hear stories of the tribes in Africa that say they in their in their tribal history, they recall before the moon was there, and they recall the moon being moved there. So it's, well, what is that about? You know, what is So I they recall that. the move. Then, of course, our scientists will tell you, Here's how the moon was created by an asteroid hitting the Earth, and so um, interesting. My, like I said, I my jury's out on pretty much everything because because uh-huh. really, as soon as you come to a conclusion, say this is the truth, this is what it is, you kind of cut off all other possibilities. And I just think um, I'm not sure anybody has all the answers. I'm sure. not sure who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. And that recent uh, NASA whistle or UFO whistleblower, yeah, he was the one talking about we've got craft, we've recovered bodies, which is which is not a new story. We've heard that before. So okay, um, but he maybe just because he had such high ranking that he was probably a high ranking official that actually is the first person to. Not first person, but a person with credibility to say it. So he claims that we have a team that goes out and recovers alien spacecrafts. And he said, even, yeah, sometimes the pilots die and we, we bring those back too. And I heard there's a downed spacecraft in Brazil and the U.S. sent out a team to recover it. And they the aliens were walking around the people and... Mm-hmm. That's what the people of Brazil were saying, like these town folk, and that we, the U.S., zoomed in there, grabbed everything, and came back to the U.S. Yeah, there's the Kecksburg incident. I forget if Kecksburg is in Indiana, but there's the Kecksburg incident where, you know, and it was seen across, coming across Canada and like through a few different states and crashed in Kecksburg and then... Not too long after that, the military shows up and supposedly there's a semi truck leaving with something under large tarp that seems to be kind of acorn shaped. And, you know, whatever happened in Kecksburg, well, you, we probably won't know about that. And where did it go? Where did they take it? So there's so it, they seem to be on it pretty quick. So and then even with, I think, Roswell, they were on top of stuff pretty quick. So it's at Stargate SG-1. <laughs> All right, let's take this break real quick to talk about a couple more sponsors. We'll do Bobby's Bar Review and then we're going to get into more of this. Not conspiracy theories, but more of these more modern day uh, UFO stories. So let's talk real quick about chill boys. Um, And if you're like me, you know, summer is hot and you need chill boys underwear to keep you cool. And that's because chill boys boxer briefs are made with these special bamboo fabric. They keep the boys cool downstairs where you need it most. Um, Don't 
be fooled by imitation underwear. You need these because they they are refreshing. They're cool. I've tried them out. I'm not a boxer brief fan. I'm a boxer brief guy now because of chill boys and only chill boys. Don't take my word for it. Try some of these life-changing underwear yourself. Visit chillboys.com and keep your boys cool this summer. And also let's talk about Duke Cannon. Stanley Cup is over. But it doesn't mean you don't want to keep your hair, your mutton chops, your mustaches. You don't want to trust them with any brand. Ducanon makes hardworking grooming products for hardworking guys. And their products will help you keep your facial hair in championship form. From their beard wash and their balms to beard oil, they have your back and your face. Stock up on DukeCannon.com. Use code BEARD10 for 10% off your next order. Ducanon is a Minnesota company. A portion of the proceeds of Duke Cannon sales benefit U.S. military veterans. Work harder, smell better with Duke Cannon. All right, so let's do this quick. Let's do Bobby's bar review. And um, Bobby always likes to talk about his favorite bars. He gives them a little bit of a score, Tom, for you, for you that you're keeping score at home. And, and Bobby does a, a different bar each week. If the good news is if Bobby does your bar, usually... He likes every bar he goes to, let's be honest. But Bobby... The more bigger they give him, the more he likes the bars. Yeah. Bobby, what's going to be your uh, the Bobby Bar Review of the Week? Well, the Bar Review of the Week only fits, right? So it's uh, Space Aliens Bar <laughs> up in Monticello. <laughs> oh, I like it. How fitting. It is. Uh, it's a place to go. I've never been. I always drive by and I go, I want to go in there. You have to drive. You have to stop in there sometimes. <laughs> Space Aliens. What do you uh, think? Benefit. I mean, luckily, my, my kids had tournaments up in the area okay so you, you need to occupy their time if it's four or five hours so it's just a big and you know like the big playroom for the kids a bunch of video games all these different things and they do have a bar and they do have food all right so what did you think of the uh the drinks out of 10 well the drinks i think we were on the beer that day but i did have a couple uh jmo gingers so i would give it probably a seven and a half eight wow all just right just because i'm not a beer guy i was getting a little bloated how about the atmosphere it's space atmosphere, aliens well, do they have any aliens walking around i didn't well except for the you know the the statues and stuff they had everywhere but the atmosphere i mean when you got 500 kids running around it kind of sucks but, uh, I suppose. but right. overall you know when you're with your buddies and a couple parents trying to kill some time there's nothing wrong with having a couple drinks okay out of 10 uh, i'd give it a six and a half all right so we're gonna uh service service was good those girls wanted to pull their head their hair out of their head because <laughs> trying to you know fill up all these waters and root beers and everything else but as far as service goes, I'd give it an eight. All right, eight. And then did you have food? We did have food. It was a bunch of pizzas. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of that, you know, old Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I think they were piecing it together like that. You ever heard that one before? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't go into that we conspiracy. Into that okay. yet, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, it's the pizzas. So I'd give the pizzas probably a seven. Seven. All right. And then real quick, did it have any of these following? Did it have golden tea, pull tabs, or touch tunes it had two of the three it did have golden tea which made me happy it had uh it had uh touch tunes and what was the other one uh pull tabs pull tabs no pull tabs all right so where are yeah. you going here yeah well, well, oh, overall six. we're gonna give her probably a 6.8 6.8 yeah all together. But it is a good place to bring your kids. All right. Check out Space Aliens Space for those aliens. Uh, UFO lovers like us on the podcast. And uh, I've always wanted to go into Space Aliens. I've never been into Space it's Aliens. It's worth but going. Bobby said it's a good bar. And that's the best thing about it if you make it on Bobby's Bar Review. Chances are Bobby likes it. <laughs> All right, Tom Maher, back to you. Tom Maher with, the, with MUFON. That's uh, Mutual UFO Network. And he is the chapter president. Director. Director. Chapter director. Tom, uh, you talked a little bit about the, the whistleblower here uh, in the U.S. How about the Las Vegas thing? This is a Las Vegas uh, just recently. Some family, some cop was out doing a traffic stop. Him and the guy see it like on his, on his, on his chest camera, like a, a light going across this guy hour later a family calls in that there's a ufo that crashed in their backyard they see 10 foot beings walk around and today i believe it was today the nasa came out and said ah you know that was just an asteroid how do you explain it how do you how do you explain all that what did you think of that story uh the story is interesting i you know it's, it's funny too because when you get into the cons whole conspiracy things one of the conspiracy things that's out there is at some point before there's true disclosure there's going to be a host 
alien invasion of the planet. It was, it was supposed to fool everybody. So when I heard this stuff about the Las Vegas, is this the tip off? Is this the beginning of it? Which it didn't turn out to be, at least not so far. So, um, but as far as the asteroid stuff, possible maybe not i've seen the video of it going down i've also seen like a ring bell cam ring doorbell cam where it's like looking at a driveway and all of a sudden it gets really 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 bright for a while then you hear like a thunk and it goes dark again and they say that's the same thing so but then the family's got this this story and you know um it's really hard to say so eight to ten foot aliens not the most common size that we hear about but it's not unheard of hmm. um and the way they described them so and then all of a sudden the family's kind of silent for a while and i've heard stories that since then there's lots of sightings of men in black in the area shortly after that especially around their house and then now i think the family's kind of come out and gone public again but they're still sticking to their story so uh what is the truth that that's the thing that's that's another reason why i kind of reserve judgment on stuff because i just don't know and that's you know and one of the things that kind of um irks me is there's people that you know say they're they're skeptics they're skeptics of you you know and i go okay that's fine when you talk to people say they're skeptics um i don't really think they're skeptical when i talk to them i think they're just cynical oh sure because it's like yeah. you know yeah, it doesn't matter facts. what you do what you say what you show they're just not gonna go because they're they know better and it's not but so i think I'm, I'm skeptical and to me a skeptic is someone who's willing to look at both sides and examine stuff and not just jump to a quick conclusion it's willing to question the stuff so like a lot of the cases that we get in Minnesota, like the Mystic Lake Casino Lights, where you'd think that'd be nothing, but there's, uh, there's also the uh, the lens flare. So let's talk about the Mystic Lake Casino Lights. We probably get a Mystic Lake Casino Lights case maybe once or twice a year. So um, if you're familiar with Mystic Lake Casino, they've got the big big spotlights and um, they'll shine up in the sky and they'll do spins and stuff. And sometimes they'll just do it up in, into the clouds and it's like a circle of dots there. And sometimes you can see the beams of light going up. So you really know what it is. But sometimes you can't see the beams of light going up there. And if you're not from the area and you don't know what that is, you look at this cloud and there's these circle of lights in it. And sometimes they start rotating. And it, you, you could easily go, wow, there's a craft up in the clouds that's now rotating. And suddenly the lights go out and you're like, they just disappeared. Well, it could seem very, so a very sincere person having seen that can report their UFO sighting. And we kind of go, oh yeah, okay, it's the mystic like casino lights. So um that happens and another one that's pretty common is is lens flares because everybody's got cameras now the cameras are getting better and better one of the things that we find out and that we actually got a case like this i was investigating a case like this recently or just came in of, of a lens flare so a lens flare you'll someone will be taking pictures of stuff and they'll they won't see anything when they're taking the pictures but when they either look at it on their phone or when they have it developed there's this green orb in it and it, it seems and sometimes it's photographs sometimes it's video and they can see the green orb moving around so wow i caught something i didn't know i was even catching something well what that is um uh, it's, it's a lens flare and what a lens flare is you've got to have a very very strong light source usually the sun but if it's very dark out a street light could cause a lens flare too so you've got a very strong light source compared to the surrounding area and the light comes into the camera and it's actually doing a reflection and glaring off the lenses inside the camera so you don't see it looking out through yourself but the camera picks it up and it's usually like a little green circle or blob and it's it's if you don't know what you're looking at it can be very confusing so we get cases of lens flares and it's not a few times a year so it's not too important let's talk about that tic tac uh ufo that the, Ooh, the navy the navy uh pilot saw fighter pilot saw he's flying above san diego and they see this tic tac shaped object and doesn't look like it's flying with propulsion from this planet it's going back and forth up and down zigzag here or there like showing up and then it goes from sixty thousand feet all the way down to the basically the 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 water the height of the water even some people think it was going below the water mm -hmm. um i even heard they had their camera they're like their um i don't know their weapons locked on it and it just kind of taunted it it knew what the distance was and it just like took off mm -hmm. and there's great footage of it and that was back in 2004 and i think it was 10 years later maybe longer they finally released it and said all right we don't know what this is right and even kind of that point set because it reminds me of i was watching that you a nasa press conference recently and they were talking about you know the stigma around talking about stuff and they said well and people they, they there's a scientific process we got we got to respect the scientific process which i agree we need to respect the scientific process and he goes but but people want to know right away and that it, that adds to the stigma and i thought maybe that does but at the same time you know something that happened in 2004 you're telling us about it now so how much are you withholding how much are you not telling us what are you holding back what kind of level of trust are you engendering when you do stuff like that so they can say well when you want to know right away it, it's adds to the stigma but you know what when you're 
when you're not upfront, when you're not honest, when you're deceptive, that adds to the stigma too. And I don't like pointing fingers at at the government or at other organizations, but there really is, you know, if you're not being upfront and not being honest about stuff, you diminish the trust. And then what do you expect? Right. And then people are going to like freak out and say you're not telling the truth for right, sure. Right. And of course, uh, you could talk about our experimental craft and well, what do we have for experimental craft? The general public doesn't know. I don't know. So could it be something of ours? Especially in San Diego where that's where Miramar is. Right, right, right. right. And then, you know, is it something that's not ours, but was or was developed off of something that was not ours? So it's, you know, lots and lots and lots of unanswered questions. If you get into ufology because you want the answers to all the questions... I hope you're either really good at holding your breath, or you know, because I, again, I'm open to I'm open to possibilities. That's where I kind of I stand in the realm of possibility, where these things could be possible, these could be the conclusions, but I'm not really committed to anything because you know, the history of humanity is like the history of being wrong about everything. We always think we know all the answers, and then sure enough, a few years later, we have this new discovery or something else comes out, and oh, you know, the, well, the Earth is round and the Earth is sphere. We thought it was, we we knew it was flat. We were positive it's flat. Turns out the Earth's not flat. Well, our, but our science said it was flat. Well, guess what? Our science was wrong. So, and it's just been a whole uh, a whole series of us being wrong again and again and again. So, well, that's it, right? The, I mean, it gets to the pyramids and everything else unexplained, like in in the 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 portraits or the paintings from all, you know, the history of the world, mm-hmm. they, uh, they all kind of have aliens involved in it. Yeah. So how do you carving? There's, there's carvings, right. And, yeah. uh, caves there's, yeah. yeah artifacts. Do you, do you want me to tip you off to something cool? Yes. So I'm going to go off in two different directions. So you said pyramids. So there is a website. I can plug someone else's website. Sure. So wisconsinfrights.com, wisconsinfrights.com. That's a website with all sorts of stuff from Wisconsin UFOs and other types of, you know, and there's supposedly, I think it's, I think it's rice Lake in Wisconsin. Um, supposedly uh, there is a pyramid under the lake. And sometimes when the water level is low enough, if you're boating by, you can see the top of the pyramid and other people say they haven't seen it. Scuba divers have said they've seen it. Other people say they can't see it. Is it there all the time? Is it not there all the time? But uh, so there's, that's, I think the whole pyramid thing is very interesting. And having a pyramid supposedly under a lake in Wisconsin is, is that's curious, but awesome. That's that drunk close to home. There's no damn way to I think it's on the east side too. So it's not that far from the base. But so WisconsinFrights.com, Wisconsin actually has three big UFO events every year, and they've, I'm actually opening up the the Elmwood days in Wisconsin this year. I'm it's a three day event, and I'm I'm speaking Friday night in Elm at the I think the auditorium in Elmwood High School. I'm speaking cool. for like an hour hour and a half on because uh, when I do my monthly presentations at Minnesota MUFON, I have a segment called What's Up in Minnesota where I talk about cases that have come in recently and yeah. cases that we've closed. So I'm going to do the very first edition of What's Up in Wisconsin, where I'm going to tell them all about what's in our database about Wisconsin cases, the most interesting ones. So we'll be talking and the, so. Cool. They've got UFO days. Then they've got another one. I don't know what the second one is called, but of course, Bobby again, days. again, it's Wisconsin. So what? What's the third one called? UFO beer days, because of course it's got to be beer days. UFO because it's Wisconsin, right? Am I bagging on Wisconsin? Are you guys big in Wisconsin? If you're big in Wisconsin, bag on me after this podcast. Bag on them all you want. Yeah, but UFO beer days, Wisconsin. Well, of course, it's Wisconsin. What are you going to get? So right. Yeah, I've heard that there's giant pyramids. There's Bigger pyramids than the Pyramid of Giza underwater in the in the oceans, um, and there's a huge one off the coast of Japan as well. And I don't know what you think about pyramids, but uh, I've heard that they were energy sources for aliens. I've heard that they were built by aliens. I've heard that they were built by giants. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of crazy questions. Stuff. And here's something interesting about pyramids. Um, and I was at my sister-in-law or my half sister's house is a number of years ago and I should have written the stuff down, but we were watching something on TV. It was an Alaskan show and I didn't even say anything because my, her husband and my half sister were sitting there and I'm watching the show and they're out in the woods and there's a guy talking and I'm looking at him and I'm looking, looking behind the guy and I'm going, it's got trees on it. It's wooded, but I'm going, that's not a mountain. I mean, that's a pyramid and because mountains aren't shaped like that and they didn't notice it. I didn't say anything. So I wish I would have jotted the date down and jotted the show down so I could go back and watch the show. But, you know, so there's stories of pyramids in Alaska and I'm kind of looking at that going, he's standing in front of a, there's a pyramid right there and no one's saying, kind of like when we were sitting around the camp in, uh, in St. Croix River, there's this lights going up and down the trees and no one's saying anything about it. There's a pyramid right on TV that I'm looking right at covered with trees. So it's not, not stone like you think of the Egyptian pyramids, but it's not like a mountain. It looks like a mountain, but it doesn't look like a mountain. It looks like a pyramid. So I thought you were going to say it was Groot. 
Oh, Groot. Yeah, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> he can't say hi, can he? he, just, oh, he does he say I hi? am Groot. Uh, yeah. Groot. You know, the other thing I've heard is that um, UFOs can disguise themselves as clouds. Like they look like clouds. And the next thing you know, that cloud is like dissipated and gone. And it was like, well, it was actually a UFO hiding as a cloud. There is that theory. I've heard okay. that too. I've seen some pictures of, of clouds that look very suspicious, but you know, but then you talk to your meteorologist and the meteorologist go, no, when the temperatures like this, and the atmosphere is like this, that it stratifies or I don't know all the technical terms, but it looks like that. So I would believe anything Belinda Jensen tells me to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I mean, she knows her stuff. Yeah. Top meteorologist for sure. One thing she's ever said. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, she could be absolutely right. And it could also be true that some UFOs could disguise themselves that way. I mean, they could both be true. So, you know, it's hard to say. So, all right. It's like I said, there's the search for the answers goes on. So, well, I mean, you get back to your Brazil one. Cause that one's, I mean, don't they have video and cameras and, and that the, uh, the military guy that had that alien dog or whatever the hell it was, I he died, right? Oh, well, got the, that, the, the supposed UFO that crashed in Brazil and the people were like, one guy died and the aliens were walking around. I guess there's a story about how, how a guy carried the alien who was injured and he got this goop all over his arms. He got weird cancer and died because yeah, he, yeah, he had that. some yeah. crazy yeah. infection that was only, you know extraterrestrial and then the military swoops up and picks them all up and brings them back i don't know which also kind of goes back to the bob lazar stories of bob lazar was a scientist or a engineer who was working at area 51 who's you know on the books as working at area 51 and he was hired to reverse engineer a spacecraft that the U the U.S. Have, had captured and was at Area 51. And he's got a great documentary, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, Tom, um, where he doesn't speak a lot, but he, he has come out and said some things and he's got a documentary now. Somebody let him let them film him. And that to me, too, is pretty interesting, especially how he says these crafts had a reactor that actually harnessed or created its own gravity field and that's why these things can move so fast they don't have propulsion propulsion they don't have like you know fire that pushes them one way or another they just have a gravity field that bends yep. space and time it's which, zero point energy yeah yeah which makes a lot of sense so that's another thing just like huh he's made a lot of claims and he's taken lie detector tests and passed them, which, you know, who knows? I don't know anything yeah. about him. I've just seen the movies and shows and, and whatever. And I, yeah. I do want to touch on area one fifty area one fifty one real quick yeah. before that back to the cameras. He said that they had videotape of them down in Brazil Well, the Las Vegas incident, supposedly where the, it landed in their backyard, mm -hmm. their outdoor yard camera went off before that happened, but supposedly someone else got their video camera and did record the stuff. So supposedly they've got that, but it hasn't been released. But I could have swore I saw an image or two of some very tall creatures. Now, whether that was an actual image or some, some mock-up. So supposedly there may be footage of that too, which may or may not come out. But Area 51 and Bob Lazar is really interesting too. Because remember how I said the, the right, right thumb doesn't know what the right forefinger is doing? Mm -hmm. As I understand it, at Area 51, there's lots of different stuff they're doing. And it's also very compartmentalized. So when this team or group wants to do something outside, all the others have to go inside. Everyone's no one's no one can the windows are shut and no one can see it. So they go out and do their stuff. Once they're done, they all go inside. Then the next group can come out. So even the people at Area 51 don't necessarily know everything's going on at Area 51. Then you've got the the Janus planes and all that other stuff. So, but I have hmm. been to the back gate of Area 51. So I I, I survived. Oh, you have. So I've been to the. Back were you gate, on yeah. the storm? What was that thing called? A couple years ago, Storm Area 51. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, and that's a uh, Mufon. Mufon. We uh, we took a very strong stance against Storm Area. 51 we did it was not uh move on so whether the government denies or admits the existence of area 51 from our perspective area 51 is a government facility yeah you don't want to do we're that. private citizens we're not going to raid a government facility so when that story came out about all that happening move on it's kind of like you know what we're not going to be involved. We're not endorsing anyone to be involved. We're not encouraging anyone to be involved. And I wouldn't encourage anyone to be involved with that either. So uh, I went to the back gate, which many people can do. Um, I advise don't go to the front gate. 
because that's not a good thing. But yeah, you can go to the back gate, take your pictures and have your picture taken because I'm sure my picture was taken quite a bit back there. So Bobby stormed the Capitol. I don't know if you know that before you, uh, you uh, agreed to be on the pod. But he was, was wearing uh, horns and a leopard the, the skin. The capital of Hugh Hefner's uh, <laughs> grotto. Ah, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> that's yeah. about the only capital I missed. Uh, you, were, you were in charge of skimming the stuff off the top of the water. Right? I was not in charge of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's a sticky job. Yeah. Today, so, yeah. <laughs> that might, you might die from that goop, too. <laughs> I don't know if I should have even said that. I'm that's fantastic. All right, Bobby. Anything else? Dick of the week. Oh, yeah. You want to do your don't be a dick of the week? We always do a Bobby's don't be a dick of the week. Yeah, but you got this one. I got, all right, I got this one. This doesn't have anything to do with UFOs, but, um, you know, how often do you get asked to tip somebody now? Like it's a coffee shop or a restaurant or a McDonald's or a buying a beer at a twins game. It already costs you $18. They turn that screen around. I was like, at a tip. And then the person looks at you with puppy dog eyes and you're like, really? Do you need a tip? There's a place in downtown where I work like $15 salads, you know, you're like a salad for 15. And then they turn the thing around, you know, a little box salad, you know, like tomorrow is 20%. Yeah, ask your boss for a tip. I just paid half my life savings to get this out. I don't think everybody needs a tip. Like, how have we got to a point where it's like, please give, like, I think there's certain people who deserve tips. I don't ask for it. Like, you know, maids at hotels where they're like, cleaning your room every day like they deserve a tip but i don't think the guy who's like pours me a light roast of coffee and sets it in front of me deserves a tip it's just like i think we've gotten out of control with it and maybe it's maybe it's the payment systems that are like now you're even adding their wages kind of it i mean they add another line like uh oh take care of him for seven everything's so expensive maybe they should work that into their the people's well, pay. business right yeah right i got a bag of because uh, i golfed last night and i got a you know bag of high noons and coors lights and it was like 60 dollars. the liquor store but wanted it, tip but it took him three minutes to just take these out of the cooler and put them in a bag and then fill it with ice it was 60 dollars so I'm like, do I give him twelve dollars? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, are you? Not, I mean, are you kidding right. me? Right, nice guy, but geez, it's yeah. It's, I don't know, but I, you feel so obligated to do it. And you like you do, said, somebody you puts help their puppy dog eyes. You're like, here, uh, they have one more question for you. Uh, no, I'll, I'll fucking deny that question. Pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. You need a tip. And then sometimes I swear to God, sometimes when you hit the tip button, it does, or you say no tip, it doesn't work. And then they're like, oh, that didn't go through. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they doubling down on me. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So there it is. We had to fit that in there. Don't be a dick of the week. So I don't know. I think that's, we've covered a lot. Tom, is there anything you want to, you wanted to hit on before we we let you go? Of course, because my chapter would be so upset with me if I didn't tell you how you can find us. So our I can. Our, Tom's one of the first, the newest members. Are you one of our? You, you, you thanked me. Cool. You thanked me cool. on Facebook. Very cool. Oh, yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, we we try to meet in person every month at the New Brighton Community Center on the second Saturday of every month. We open our doors at one o'clock. We start the uh, presentation at two. We go till about five. I start off with announcements, and then what's up in Minnesota? I tell you what cases we've recently closed and what cases have recently come in. Then we have presentations. It's a great place for people to come and, and chat. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me during the break and say, you know what? I I can't talk to my friends about this. I can't talk to my family about this. I can't talk about this at work. But here I can come and I can share and I can get this off my chest. And I can I can be heard and believed and be listened to. So uh, it really is beneficial for people to, to, to do that. So it's a nice place where people can go in and share stuff and not be judgmental. And some people are like, you know, I don't know, but I want to hear stuff. So this, some people go to hear the stories of other people. So uh, it's a very welcoming crew. It's very uh, very friendly crew. So yeah, I definitely want to come on down. And, and you know what? I don't know if I've made any mistakes here on this podcast today, but you want to see me make mistakes? Come to our meetings. You'll see me like flub up stuff and mispronounce <laughs> things and forget stuff. And it's it's really entertaining. It's a lot of fun. Trust me. So uh, yeah, and it's we charge uh, five dollars for move on members and seven dollars for guests or non members. So and we do also uh, we do it online too. So if you can't join us in person, you can join us on Zoom. We get you the link so you can join us virtually too. We try to, ideally, we're in person and on Zoom every month. Sometimes we've just been in person. Sometimes we've only been on Zoom. But, yeah, you know. So if you follow us on Facebook, get on our mailing list and check us. We're on Meetup, too. I think on Meetup, we're the Twin Cities UFO Research Organization. So that's us, and we advertise our meetings there, too. So you can keep up with what's where our meetings are and what our topics are and what we got coming up. So great. Awesome. I mean, it sounds like AA for UFOers. <laughs> Get it out there. It's like therapy. Get it <laughs> right, off your chest. Go, talk go about it. No one's, I think JT gonna, Bernier might be there. He's going to support you. <laughs> He's one of our neighbors. I'll say, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, that's great. 
appreciate you coming in because you got good energy. You're a positive person. Sure. Had fun telling stories. It's uh, yeah. It's there's got to be something questions. out there. It's got to be. We can't we be had, that naive. Right? We had to explain to Bobby how the universe was still expanding, <laughs> and and he's like, well, I don't know what that means. It does. And he's like, it's infinite. What do you mean it's infinite? It keeps going. That doesn't make any sense to me. He's <laughs> like, he's like, what is there a guy painting with a black paintbrush at the end of the galaxy? <laughs> it just doesn't add. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. It does. It's confusing. It's exciting. It's nothing makes sense, but you got to have an open mind. Yeah. Well, and two, this is, you know, people think Big Bang and they think of the single point. It's all expanding from that single point is one theory. But the another theory is it's more as opposed to it all expanding from a single point. It's more like a donut and the donut is expanding. So you could travel in a straight line and you're circling around the donut, not really going anywhere. So it, the donut could be getting bigger and bigger. And there's also there's a, you know, so there's a shift in your paradigm. You can go, wow, is it really one point expanding or is it a donut expanding and something like that? So that's well, didn't that new telescope look at at a solar system or a galaxy and 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 discover that what the big bang had told us wasn't true because that galaxy shouldn't have shouldn't be there right now because it's it's older than what was currently written yeah and i know i'd heard a story too where there was like a a, a supernova in a galaxy that was further away than we thought the edge of the of the universe was and the poof now we're seeing something way out there and so uh but yeah and there's there's more and more scientists i've heard are are uh I don't taking their name off the whole Big Bang theory because there's there's things if the Big Bang theory is correct they should we should see things um, the way things are cooling should be in a certain pattern and it's not cooling in the way we think it's it's cooling very evenly as opposed to it being kind of disparate house cooling and it you, you think where it banged it'd be getting cooler there first and more hot but it all seems to be very even so it's not that so some scientists really question the Big Bang theory and you know. When Bobby gets banged, he does. You get pretty hot, or do you not get too hot? Uh, unless I have my cool, cool boys, our chill boys, <laughs> chill boys, you don't get too hot. So, uh, but all I can think of Homer Simpson eating this huge donut that's getting bigger and bigger. I was about to make a Homer Simpson comment about that too when you talk about the telescope. Yeah, they they, they did find the galaxy. Homer Simpson was going, hug him, hug him, hug him, That's great. Well, thanks, Tom, for the comment. I appreciate everything. Cool, cool. It's been, uh, like I said, it's been very cool, but. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. We can be heard on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and other platforms where you get your podcasts. Please like, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. Last of all, just like I learned growing up on the east side, work hard. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Tell it like it is. Help your neighbors. Try to contribute in a positive way. Smile, laugh, be a good person. Most of all, it's pretty simple. Don't be a dick. So he was out doing his patrol very close to the North Dakota border. And uh, he, he was going on the highway and there was like an intersection. It looked like down the, the highway on the intersection, he saw a light down there. He said it appeared to be about the size of a volleyball. He thought it was too high off the ground to be a car. He thought maybe a plane had come down or something like that. So he turned to investigate. And I, I don't remember if it was, he was a quarter mile away or a mile and a half away or something like that. But uh, it, was, it was quite a distance away. And then instantly... It was like right on top of him is how he described it. And he remembers hearing glass shattering and then he doesn't remember anything until he woke up. And, uh, and he had all chipped teeth, I heard, and uh, burns he, on his eyes, like uh, welder's he, burns on his he, eyes. He may have had chipped teeth. I'd have to check. That does sound familiar. But yeah, he had uh, what they described as mild welder's burns. Um, his car had skidded off the side of the road. It skidded like I think about 100 feet or 100 years. And it was turned sideways. And when he woke up, you know, so no one knew about it till he woke up. When he woke up, he radioed for help. And the officer arrived on scene and they called for an ambulance. And um, they did find out eventually, they realized that uh, his watch and his uh, car, the clocks were still synced, but they were off by 14 minutes from the clock at headquarters. So there was the, the, there's our missing time, which people, he told, where's the missing time? So where do those 14 minutes or stuff go? Yeah, yesterday. I mean, it gets to the pyramids and everything else unexplained, like in in the 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 portraits or the paintings from all you know the history of the world. Mm -hmm. They uh, they all kind of have aliens involved in it. 
Yeah, so how do you carving? There's there's carvings, right? And yeah. uh, caves. There's yeah, yeah artifacts. Do you, do you want me to tip you off to something cool? Yes. So I'm gonna go off in two different directions. So you said pyramids. So there is a website. I can plug someone else's website. Sure. So WisconsinFrights.com. WisconsinFrights.com. That's a website with all sorts of stuff from Wisconsin UFOs and other types of you know. And there's supposedly I think it's I think it's Rice Lake in Wisconsin. Um, supposedly uh, there is a pyramid under the lake. And sometimes when the water level is low enough, if you're boating by, you can see the top of the pyramid. And other people say they haven't seen it. Scuba divers have said they've seen it. Other people say they can't see it. Is it there all the time? Is it not there all the time? But uh, so there's that's I think the whole pyramid thing is very interesting. And having a pyramid supposedly under a lake in Wisconsin is is that's curious, but awesome. That's, that's drunk close and to home. There's no damn way. <laughs> to drunk and I think it's on the east side too, so it's not that far yeah. from Green Bay. So, but so WisconsinFrights.com. Wisconsin actually has three big UFO events every year. Yeah, yeah, the other thing I've heard is that um, UFOs can disguise themselves as clouds. Like they look like clouds and the next thing you know, that cloud is like dissipated and gone. And it was like, well, it was actually a UFO hiding as a cloud. There is that theory. I've heard okay. that too. I've seen some pictures of, of clouds that look very suspicious, but you know, but then you talk to your meteorologist and the meteorologist will know when the temperatures like this, and the atmosphere is like this, that it dryatifies or I don't know all the technical terms, but it looks like that. So I would believe anything Belinda Jensen tells me to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she knows her stuff. Yeah. Top meteorologist for sure. One thing she's ever said. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, she could be absolutely right. And it could also be true that some UFOs could disguise themselves that way. I mean, they could both be true. So. Yes.